second hour of the National Intel Report, and I, I, before I bring Alan Watt on, I want to let you people know about this, a national grassroots demonstration. It's to stop Mexican trucks coming beyond the 25-mile buffer zone along the USA-Mexican border uh, when September 25th or the 26th between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m., uh, where every office in home states of all 100 senators and 435 representatives of their Washington, D.C. offices, and your representatives or of groups or organizations uh, with 100 or more voters should visit these senators' representatives' offices in person, individuals, preferably fax this NGD page to these offices or phone the, uh, the essence of the NGD to them and emphasize the following urgent issues to all offices and demand a prompt written response in the following legislative actions. By 10-207, Congress must pass legislation to keep all of Mexico's trekking uh, companies from having any of their trucks coming beyond the current 25-mile limit into the USA, uh, where they exchange freight with U.S. trucks. President Bush should enact this legislation by the 5th of next month. By the 5th of November, the USA Congress and President Bush should enact the absolute advantage foreign trade policy, at least for Mexico. And uh, they're asking for the support of uh, PL 480, Title I local currency sales, including a mutually beneficial trade deal with Mexico involving the PL 480 exports of U.S. agriculture products to Mexico and increase oil imports from Mexico under absolute advantage foreign trade policy instead of the current comparative advantage free trade policy for most of our oil imports. And then tell your congressman to add 5 to $10 billion in the FYI 2008 for this PL480 Title I program with Mexico for this uh, concessional loan uh, of pesos to Mexican government for infrastructure or other economic development, very similar to the USA uh, Act. And, and this is coming from uh, Abner Detheridge that I've had on this program before, and he has been beating on the doors for Congress for a long, long time. Folks, the reason why we have 36 to 42 million illegals in this country isn't because the sunshine's better here. They came here for economic advantage and opportunity. Why are they doing that? Because it's not available in Mexico. And Abner Detheridge was banging on these congressmen and senators' doors going, hey, look, we need to do an oil for peace program. In other words, we buy all the crude from Mexico that they can pump our way with the proviso 
that a good portion and percentage doesn't go into the seven crime families down there's pockets. No, it goes into the Mexican economy to build infrastructure, roads and schools and what have you. That's why that these Mexicans are here in this country, folks. I don't blame them for trying to eat and live a better life, but not at the expense of this country. You got to go. I'm sorry. I've made the offer. I'll pack you a brown bag lunch. I'll give you my, one of my weapons. Get down there. Do your own revolution in Mexico. Get your own backyard straightened around. Don't invade my backyard. We'll take the break here. Be back on the other side with Alan Watt right after this. Listening to the National Intel Report with your host, John Statmiller. On tomorrow's program, I'm going to have the director of the movie Maxed Out. Uh, this is available at uh, Blockbusters and Hollywood uh, videos, whatever. Folks, you need to watch this movie. It is about the credit system that they set up in this country that's literally eating it. And on tomorrow's program, I'm also going to have. Uh, James Martinez with me that he and I are doing a program uh, in place of uh, let me let me make sure I get this right Edward Lewis and Elaine Alice okay uh, their program that used to occupy the 1 to 2 p.m. central time slot here on the network we moved them back to 9 a.m. in the morning it was a lot easier for a lot of people so uh, uh, James Martinez and the director of uh, the movie maxed out uh, James Sherlock will join me tomorrow. I have with me right now Alan Watt. Uh, hello, Alan. Hello. How are you doing? Not so bad at all. Well, I understand that uh, that uh, the aforementioned actually called into your program, and uh, I guess you're going to set up a program with them? Um, I, I think I might be doing that, Chip. Okay, I good. That, yeah, yeah uh, it's, it's, it's a very <laughs> – it, it's one of these situations uh, that – a lot of people, uh, Alan, are looking at and going, oh, please, you know, gosh, we don't want to see the second American Revolution start here. But, you know, their their position, they were law-abiding people. They paid their property taxes. They weren't out there stealing and ripping off from people. They were trying to build a little nest egg. Uh, they were doing what they we should all be entitled to do in this country, and that's live our own lives free of government interference and and when the Fed smelled uh, a little uh, savings and property and whatever else they might lay their hands on, they stood up. They they wanted to they wanted justice. They went into court with uh, full expectation that their their side of the story would be heard, and that they would be exonerated. But you can't walk into a monkey trial, a rigged trial, and get justice. And and some people, uh, I had one caller on the air, it's not his real name, and it wasn't the state he was calling from. He's he's called on several of these programs on this network. But his contention is, well, you know, you're you're part of the matrix, you're part of that system, and if it bites you, you've got to you've got to take your uh, you've got to take your medicine and you've got to go down. Yeah. Well I, I do know there's people who have uh, they haven't filed taxes in the past, even quite a few years ago in the US who have been stopped at airports and, and detained there for sometimes up to five hours. And one of them eventually got it out of them while they were being detained 
the others did too eventually, but much, much longer, 10 hours, uh, they found out they were down as financial terrorists, and that's part of the labeling under Homeland Security now for failure to pay taxes. And and they've got, what, over 100,000 Americans on these no-fly lists. And I'm just talking about not stop and, and do an extra good search or an interrogation. We're talking about over 100,000 Americans that aren't allowed to fly on U.S. airplanes in U.S. airspace. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and that's what it's coming down to. You see, this whole system we're going into, which they call at the top a scientific form of, of dictatorship almost, or really an oligarchy, uh, it's going to be a system of punishment and reward. It's based on Pavlovian training, Pavlov that did all the experimentation and behavior. And uh, if you're a good citizen, and good always changes according to the to the time and the period and the system that's there, uh, if you're good and do all that you're told to do, uh, then you'll get little rewards or at least be allowed to fly or travel. But if you buck the system in any way or, or you're a dissenter, you'll become isolated, you won't be able to move out maybe off your own village. Well, and, and this is a system based on privilege, that the, the, your existence, your very existence on the face of this earth, that it is a privilege that they're going to grant to you to allow you to enjoy some semblance of life as long as you're paying your dues to them and you're marching in lockstep and you're, you're obeying their orders. Yes, and the thing that people have to grasp, it's not just happening now, uh, the big players published many books on this 40 and 50 years ago that this is the system that they would bring in. As you say, it's a system based on privileges, and that's the new uh, definition really of democracy. Democracy, you'll notice if, when they define it, you, if no one asks them to define it, and when you do, they will tell you it's a system where the majority counts because the majority uh, can always be counted on to do what the elite want them to do, and it's also a system which gives special privileges to minority groups. So if you don't belong to a group, if you're an individual, you have no rights whatsoever. Well, and, and this in microcosm, we're, we're witnessing this now with, well, perfect example, Edna Lane Brown, uh, that uh, they were not, for the privilege of uh, working and putting into the system, they weren't exactly playing by the rules that they said that they had to uh, to, to live by. They were... Oh, gosh, uh, unabashedly uh, standing up to them, and they were willing to walk into a federal court and answer these charges, present a defense, with the hope that the 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 one of the powers, one of the boxes that we have in this country, we have a soapbox, we have the First Amendment, we got the Second Amendment, that's the uh, that's the bullet box, but we also have the jury box, which in essence is the last bastion or the stopgap measure to stop tyranny and absolute corruption. And you go before your peers or your fellow Americans and you explain your case and let them decide. That is what they were not allowed to do in that court. And, and, and my God, I couldn't believe I got a call here. A guy was saying to me, he said, look, you know, you got, you got to take your lumps. You know, you're part of the system. If it's unfair, oh, well, too bad. I, I mean, uh, folks, I mean, is, is your life worth anything? I mean, I've been blessed. A doctor friend of mine, a medical doctor, actually a pediatrician, has spent about four or five days with me. He came down here for a possible business interest in a local medical establishment down here. They have new procedures for treating autism, 
which autism we know we can trace back to vaccinations and whatever else. But at any rate, you know, we we had many hours in which we we had the ability to talk. And uh, one of the things that he said was that what has happened in this country is we used to have a standard, and the standard was set by ethics and law and morality. And I'm not talking about morality whether you watch porno movies or you don't. Now, I'm not talking about that sort of morality. There is, there is a broader sense of a morality. And when you took a government job, when you took a government service, or if you were just a, a worker in a factory or you were the owner of that factory, there were a set of rules in which you, you, you abided by. There was a game plan that everybody obeyed the rules. If you didn't, well, then you didn't get to play the game. You were ostracized because you weren't playing the game that was designed to be fair to everybody. Now what's happened is the end justifies the means, and they are absolutely lawless. There are no ethics. It is lawless and baseless, and they're telling us at gunpoint now, Alan, you either comply or you're going to die. Yes. uh, What you have really is the old European system manifesting and rearing its head now that what they think is communism is dead. Uh, they're showing what they really are because democracy in Europe was a front. It was a placebo to keep the public happy uh, as the ruling elite, the dominant minority, uh, hid behind them, in fact, and pretended they were simple, um, rich aristocrats that played golf or whatever, or polo. In reality, they never let go of power, and they're, they're coming to the fore again, and now they have an army of what they call technocrats, which are scientists and behaviorists and all the rest of it uh, who are helping within think tanks to guide our whole future on behalf of this elite and where they want to take us. It's a new economic system, they say, and in this economic system, no one will eventually live unless they have a purpose for you in the system. That's the road that we're on. And for the last 20, 30 years, they've been working steadily on breaking down what you're talking about, morality a common culture and ethics. They've been breaking it down gradually, creating a form of selfishness, which is called, they call it egocentonic behavior, where everyone simply plays and plays and, and to hell with the guy across the street or your next door neighbor. That's what they've encouraged to help break down cohesiveness within society. And when there's no cohesiveness, anybody can be targeted and that the majority stand by like sheep. That was all planned that way. And that, it is, it, that is exactly what this caller was implying, because what he said was this is unfair to his neighbors up there because he's putting his neighbors in danger, when in actually, in reality, it was in reverse. The fact that the feds are running up on one of their neighbors is just not an insult and an injury to these people. It's an injury and an insult to all of them, and, and that they, better had, they had better stand together because individually you will get picked off. Individually, you will go down. And what you're seeing is literally, and this was planned too, uh, Gorbachev, when he was the president of the Soviet Union, and he gave his last speech. It was publicized. It's written about. You can find it in the Toronto Sun. Uh, I think Eric Margolis did the write-up on it. And he said, he said, it's time now. He says, you'll hear that communism is dead and gone. He says, now we're moving into the next phase as we merge with the West, with capitalism and it's become worldwide. And then you find that Alvin Toffler, remember, his books were being handed out on the congressional steps um, by Newt Gingrich, 
to every congressman. It was called the third way. It means the merger of communism, which is collectivism, with capitalism. And that was always their goal, was to create the two, uh, the, the, the thesis, antithesis, and then the synthesis, which is the merger of two, to make a world which is standardized. Uh, every country is the same as the next country, all within the same system, and, and the masses obey a, a central global government. That was the whole plan of it. We're seeing it come into form now, and they're on a roll as they bring in chaos down round about us, keep us distracted with, with the other part of their, their agenda, which is to standardize the entire Middle East. Uh, we'll take the break here. Alan, I'm very glad to have you on the air today. You're one of the clearest individual, thinking individuals I've ever run across. And I'm glad you've got a program on this network. We'll give the people the times that you're on on republicbroadcasting.org. That's the website. We'll be right back. In 1976, the Rockefeller Foundation commission, uh, commissioned rather a $10 million project, and it was introduced at the bicentennial of this country, isn't that apropos for the globalist, that uh, they came out with a new constitution for the United States, and it was called the New States Constitution. And uh, just glancing at it and just reading it, it looked very much like our own constitution except for one fact. Instead of absolute inviolate rights that you that you may have, uh, they granted everything back to you as a privilege, and this is exactly what we're talking about right now. Uh, and your your analogy there with the thesis antithesis synthesis is they will create a situation, they will demonstrate, and more often than not, the inadequacies or the shortfalls or the shortcoming of the new problem, and then they'll come up with that solution that heretofore you wouldn't have accepted. Folks, in this country right now, we're told we're in a global market, and we've got to like it or lump it. Uh, it's better to go along to get along, and let's just work within the system. Uh, folks, what they want and what they have done, and Alan said it, is the, the communism was created. We had a system of capitalism. I prefer to call it a free market. I really don't like ist or isms. We had a free market society. We had a republic, and we had the rule of law. That is not good. We've got to be subjugated into the global system because this thing about nationalism and sovereignty and self-determination, that doesn't work with the globalist plan. And what the plan is, see, communism doesn't work because communism doesn't produce anything. Capitalism, pure capitalism, for the sake of, let's just call it in its purest form, the corporate state or the corporatism or fascism, as Mussolini uh, had said it was, that doesn't work either. So we have got to keep the rats in the little rat wheel running around producing so we're going to give you a brand of worldwide socialism that you're still going to have the illusion that you have some some money, some freedoms, but you act according to their rules and regulations. Otherwise, they will take from you what they had no right, and they, they didn't give you in the first place. These came from God, folks, okay, the creator of the universe. 
they are willing to take from you if you do not comply with their new rules. And, Alan, what are some of the new rules going to be about the socialized world government in the future? Well, I think Carl Jung probably put it out in, in the best form. He said his biggest fear that he saw back in the 1950s was a world not divided by iron curtains, but rather a ring around the whole planet with everyone stuck inside. And he talked about a fascist elite at the top, the, the, the traditional old, old aristocracy that had always run and owned most of Europe running the world, but with a, a massive communistic-style bureaucracy beneath them running the collective society as a communistic collective. And that pretty well is uh, the plan. That's how it's set up to go. Uh, Carl Quigley, the professor who picked Bill Clinton for his Rhodes Scholarship for global government, that's what the, the scholarship is actually for, uh, Quigley said that the new system they're bringing in uh, will be a corporate type of, of uh, uh, feudalism where the new CEOs, who are also members of parliaments or congresses, they're in and out of politics and back into CEOs of corporations, they will be the new feudal overlords and they will decide what is best for the people. That's happened already. It's been happening for years. Well, and the corporations, I mean, in this country, we corporations are a relative new invention. And for a long time, they were looked at just large employers of a company that were making large amounts of products or widgets, whatever they were making, whether it was cars or refrigerators, it didn't matter, or television sets. It didn't matter what it was. And it was a way for people to earn a living. You went to work for them. Well, you built their wealth. They went transnational. They have no allegiance to you or the country of their origin or how they got their start. And as you said, Alan, these are going to be the new global taskmasters. Now, there's an unholy triad there. There's government, there's corporation, and then there's the World Bank. They all, they, they're all dependent on each other. This is why I've said repeatedly, that, and, and I want to talk to you about what's going on in the Middle East, but and, and this, in my mind, has become a major distraction. Uh, there is going to be, uh, they, they won a hundred-year war because they want the distraction so they can keep building their global government. And, and I've said, I said on last Friday's program, and it was the anniversary, I think on Thursday, yes, of, of 9-11, that we've had a six-year run with that. I think we've got as many people as we're going to get and trying to awaken people out of that circumstance, it was an excuse for the government to further clamp down and give us uh, the newest version of the police state. But they're not there yet. But we're facing economic chaos. The D word is starting to be used very lightly and around the periphery here. It's not recession. It's worldwide depression. And you know what they're going to do out of that chaos? They will bring their order We've got George Bush with his, his, his duties with the North American Union, and we've got the Middle East that quite possibly might turn into World War III. So in, in light of all those things, uh, Alan, I, what's your thoughts on how big of a part does 9-11 play in all of this? And let me get your response to that when we get back from this break. Alan Watts, my guest for the remainder of the program here, and his program is on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, right on this network. We'll take the break. We'll be right back.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Intel Report, the real talk radio show. Alan, um, my contention is that this whole foray into the Middle East for right now, they're using it as a major distraction. They're playing politics with it. This is what is rife with the presidential elections coming up next year. And, of course, we have the globalist's wife in there. And I make no apologies about this. And if anybody gets upset about it, I'm sorry, but this is the vilest thing that I've ever seen sitting in the U.S. Senate or sitting in the White House as the president's wife. And that's this cast-iron bitch, Hillary Clinton. Um, it, it is a distraction, and it's being used as such while the globalists continue their plans, and you're seeing it. Uh, with the uh, Security and Prosperity Partnership and their memorandums of understanding, or mouths as they call them. And this is exactly, uh, folks, you need to read Jerry Corsi's book, The Late Great USA, because in 240 pages without, and it's seamless, and this is the kind of book that you do not have to go back a couple of pages and say, what did I just read? No, this thing continues and flows from beginning to end on what the globalist plans are, and he lays it out. And my fear, because if, Alan, if we've got, and I have no doubt about this, I, I think we've successfully woken up at, at minimal 1% of the population here in this country. We're now a nation of 300 million, but, of course, let's add in 36 to 42 illegals in here, uh, mostly Mexican, but we have the OTMs other than Mexicans, uh, Nicaragua, we've got uh, Russians here, we've got Chinese, we've got everybody that could get into Central and South America come right up through Mexico and across our borders. But what I see here as we have got a perfect storm upon us, and do you think issues like 9-11 that has been six years since that's happened, do you think this is serving as a distraction? I think it all ties together in geopolitics in that they, they are in the process of standardizing a world and they must bring the last few countries under the same system. You'll notice uh, the first thing that the United Nations did after uh, Iraq was clear, they sent in their teams of UNESCO to, to start training and teaching the first generation that are growing up who will become the leaders in a new democracy. Uh, they didn't waste any time on that at all. Uh, so that standard, again, they're standardizing the world under one system. Now, Karl Marx in the 1800s talked about three trading blocks, he called them, or regions of the world that would come into being, starting with the United Europe, followed by United Americas, and then followed by a Pacific Rim region. And he knew uh, that was the, the, the schedule, plus it would be under a global government. Well, you see, they've been working on this for a long, long time, and that's what people must realize. This is an elite-backed uh, uh, system and plan. Uh, when they mention something like a hundred years' war, 
what do they mean by that? That's so vague to people that they don't go into their history and find out that's how they took over whole countries in the past was, was with wars that were 30 years long or 100, but it also changed the cultures into one culture when they amalgamated countries together. So uh, this is a, a gradual empire building until they have a global empire, and all the elite of the world uh, accept that, they've, they've accepted that. It's one big club at the top, and it has been for a long time. Now they have to convince the public to give up their old cultures, their old ways, and come into this new system. And Rumsfeld was the first guy to mention this war might take a 100 years. He wasn't talking just about a war on the Middle East. That could be over fairly quickly if they want to. It was to be a war that would change the cultures of all peoples. And as Carl Quigley said, the main purpose of war is to change the culture of all participating parties. You can do more on a social change level in five years of war than 50 years of peace. And if we look at what they've done in this particular phase since 9-11, look at all the security, look at all your rights getting tossed out the window, uh, that's what the the threat of war has even done. They've taken away all your rights and they're getting geared up for the next phase. Out of this system is to come a new system with a planned society uh, just like Planned Parenthood, that means the, the, the reduction of the useless eaters on, in the planet Earth and uh, to save the world from too many people, etc., etc. This is all part of what they mean when they say they're 100 years war. Well, and uh, George Bush mentioned it in the context, I remember hearing this, that, uh, well, this is going to be, uh, you know, a war on terrorism, and if it takes us 100 years, well, then so be it. Mm-hmm. And and I saw Spain immediately jump on this when they had really no terrorist attacks over there, uh, the false flag terrorist events that we've witnessed around the globe. But Spain was one of the first countries to jump on board. Yeah. And and if you look at this, they are part and parcel, at least Centra Corporation out of there, which Rudy Giuliani's law firm represents Centra. These are the super slab highway people that are literally building the infrastructure, the bricks and the mortar, if you will, of the global government here in this country today. Yeah. And also, if you look at uh, the NAFTA highways and people are scratching their heads saying, well, we're going to reduce the population and reduce trade, etc., as the population is gradually reduced over 100 years why they need this highway. Then you look into the biggest think tank in Britain, it's the Department of Defense, and they released a 90-page report on what they see coming up in the next 30 years, which they are planning for. And they see nothing but riots and mayhem and flash mobs occurring amongst the general public. Well, what on earth is going to happen to make Joe Sixpack get up and do something? Well, it's because when you reduce your food supply, they're taking over your water supply. They're going to start moving you out of the country into the big cities that are already overcrowded. And they're going to control every facet of your life. That's why they foresee 30 years of rioting coming down the pike. And, of course, you've got to have your police state in there. You've got to do away with certain protections that would allow you uh, to be in a court of law to defend yourself, that's why they got rid of habeas corpus? Yeah. Uh, by the way... And that's also why they keep redefining... You, you see, this word terrorist is it's constantly expanded to include uh, um, people who write, people who complain uh, to government. You're done as a, a, a terrorist. And shortly it will be a thought uh, crime to, to even think... Um, negative thoughts about governmental policy. And I noticed Bush even put out that, that order in council there where 
can uh, seize your property if you come out vocally and go against or complain about the government's policies abroad. And uh, there, I was just, uh, I just had uh, Reverend Pike on the program last week, and they have changed somewhat the verbiage of their hate crime legislation. And uh, we know who's pushing that, but look beyond who the organizations and the front groups are. But they want their hate crime laws passed inside this country, but they're, they're toning down the hate message a little bit here. And they're saying that, well, it's about bias. We want to do away with bias. Yeah. Now, I, I, you know, I'm an equal opportunity hater or lover, but that's my choice. That's not the choice of a government to curtail or form my speech that, again, I'm allowed to speak and use my First Amendment rights as long as what? That I'm not hurting somebody's feelings or telling the truth that might hurt somebody's business opportunity or whatever the case may be. This is the most ominous thing that I have seen in a long, long time. And and, and Ted Pike has almost single-handedly kept this thing in check. He's beat it back several times. I don't know if, if the sweaty little pony can stand up under this load, but again, I will say this, folks, that we do not have enough boots on the ground yet. There are, and I started to say this earlier, if we only had 1% of the population, that's 3 million people. We've got an informational army out there that's 3 million strong. What have we done with it? How many people are listening to programs such as this? How many people are actually informing themselves and getting up to speed? You're about ready to get whacked out economically. And, Alan, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but um, we're starting to get indications. Uh, we're rolling up on October here. We know what happened in October of 1929. And I, and I see this, the financial tsunami heading our way. Uh, it has been suggested that this market may crash as early as the end of this month. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. We're in a system now of... Uh managed chaos and they will they think bring their new order out of the managed chaos it will also help us all give up whatever rights we think we have in the process and chaos will be used it's so easy to bring a country down in fact they said it in ancient times plato said it he said the easiest culture you bring down and destroy is the most advanced because they're dependent on the system and most folk live in cities today if you just turn off the food supply, people will beg after the third or fourth day for you to, to do whatever you want and, and, and it, feed them. Yeah, and it must be said in these cities, and I've, I've touched upon this uh, since World War II, uh, we saw a, a drastic shift and a change. It used to be that we had ethnic neighborhoods and, and cities, and we had people have a tendency to group on, uh, to group together with, with likeness. In other words, I'll give you an example. Remember the movie uh, with Charlton Heston in it, uh, Planet of the Apes? Mm -hmm. Well, we saw what that movie was about, but what you saw was the script writer and the director's image of what he wanted to present. But behind the scenes, while this movie was going on, and all these actors are dressed up in makeup, you had the gorillas over here, you had the chimpanzees and uh, the orangutans. Well, literally what they would do during lunch breaks, when the director called break for lunch, without... Even consciously thinking about it, the monkeys all broke up into separate groups and sat down and ate with each other. Now, that was not planned, but it is a natural thing to, to group uh, unto, uh, unto like things. And what happened after World War II, that uh, we, we had a new phenomenon here. Uh, it was uh, the highways were able to do it for us. 
uh, we built highways. And what we did during World War II uh, and shortly after that is we built the same system that Adolf Hitler put in. But a lot of people don't understand that the federally funded highways, uh, I-70 or I-90 or I-whatever, I-75, these are all federally government-owned highways, and it was for the transportation of military goods and supplies that they are belong to them in time of war or crisis. Now, I'll take that a step further. Another thing that happened after World War II, because of manufacturing ability and uh, the system that we were bringing in, we were able to build tracked housing, these housing developments. So, therefore, that if you were of uh, economic means, you could move out of that crowded city, you could live in a nice little community, and then you could jump on your highway or your freeway to move into the city to go to work, and then after that workday was done, you migrated back out, and you went back out to the little communities. The problem is that it left the less uh, less able or the economically disadvantaged people in those cities, and this is exactly what is going to break loose and break into riot and, and totally break down. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's planned that way. I, I have, uh, I mean, I get people from all, all levels of this communicating with me and sending me books, uh, including from the United Nations. They've bought my books and they sometimes send me their books. And they've shown me some of these habitat areas with big glass domes over them. That was, this was planned years ago because I met one of the architects who, who helped draw them up. And uh, they plan to have uh, special domed cities, small, very small domed cities for different types of people. You're going to get categorized according to your, your, the need of society for you. So, but the masses will be kept in, in the, bar, the big cities overcrowded. And very much like this, the, the movie Soil and Green, uh, you'll have very little food and, and so on. And they hope they'll just simply die off gradually because these characters at the top do believe in evolution. They do believe we're going through the next phase where only the fittest to survive will come through. They have de- uh, decided who are the fittest to survive, those who have achieved the top in financial success and who have bred properly. That's another big thing with the eugenicists. And they, they say that there's no more need for the agricultural labor. There's no more need for uh, factory workers. And so they are now uh, obsolete that they must die off according to the Darwinian social theories. They truly believe in this, this uh, what they call science, and they've got it planned this way. Uh, and uh, I mentioned Jerry Corsi earlier. He wrote an article last week uh, and announced, and, and everybody's been thinking about the NAFTA highway as coming up from Mexico and going through the United States and going to the border of Canada. Well, it's just not going to stop at the border of Canada uh, if you go to the website uh, of Transport Canada, the Canadian government's counterpart to the U.S. Department of Transportation, they announced the signing of a Memorandum of Understanding, or that MAO, uh, between the governments of Canada and the provinces of Ontario and Quebec to develop the continental, they're calling it up there, the Continental Gateway and Trade Corridor. You know, well, I, I live just... Uh... Uh, mile and a half from the main one is being that they're working on it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, winter and summer. It's like a wartime project. They put in the four lanes of this massive highway. There's explosions every day as they blast mountains down. They put it in, and it's going as far as Sudbury. But what's interesting, this is Highway 69, and just coincidentally, as they merge up with the Highway 69 that's been there for 100 years on the U.S. side in Michigan. 
So this was planned a long, long time ago, and that will eventually be used for the rapid deployment forces that will take care of all the riots they foresee over the next 30 years. That's the purpose of it. And what I envision, Alan Watt, is that we very calmly and very deliberately, we educate ourselves, we resist what's going on, and if they do not have their chaos, then they don't have their ability to clamp down, do they? Or do they not? That's right. And, and uh, it will be much easier, of course, to create the problems in the big cities uh, that they already have had ongoing uh, practices of cordoning off cities. They're using the, the, the excuse of possible plagues coming down uh, to do it, and the public accept that. So uh, cities are being targeted. It would be very easy to contain a city, watch them run out of food, and then beg for help, uh, and you're at the mercy of the controllers. And, and if you have any doubt about this, people, maybe, maybe this is not within your thought paradigm that listen to programs such as this, but think about uh, the grand experiment we just witnessed here, and we've been witnessing for how many, how many years now. How many people do you know right now that are buying into the claptrap that they're getting off of their boob tube as to why we have to give up more rights for more safety in this country? all surrounding a war that was illegal and unconstitutional. And by the way, it only cost the Iraqi people uh, roughly one million of their uh, fellow uh, countrymen over there. And this is for bringing democracy, by the way, to the Middle East. Um, we're, we're coming up on a break here, and we're kind of running out of time. We've got a short segment on the other side, and I wasn't even able uh, to start uh, bringing up the subject here of the Middle East. But uh, they're, they're ratcheting it up uh, rather quickly. One of the articles that I read uh, last week uh, was this uh, uh, this gentleman, this Alex Debat, and he's a former French def- uh, defense official that he's working for the Nixon Center. Well, they just caught him, and he's now an ex-ABC consultant. What he did was made up and published a phony story about Barack Obama. <laughs> okay, so uh, they, they outed this guy, but he was one of the drumbeaters for let's go to war with Iran because they might be con- contemplating making a nuclear weapon and Ahmadinejad has to go. It's part of nation building and security. You're tuned in to the National Intel Report, the real talk radio show, only on the Republic Broadcasting Network. Reconstruction for the New World Order will continue. And, folks, what this is about is getting getting rid and beating into your minds that you will be compliant, you will go along to get along with this deal. And how it's been sold in this country is patriotism. Uh, of course, we have to support our government and the war. And, well, if you won't do that, at least support the troops. Uh, General Petraeus just came out the other day and said, made the great announcement, I think even Bush is going to be on the airwaves tonight. Or if it wasn't tonight, it was last night, uh, proclaiming that proudly the fact that we're going to withdraw 30,000 troops out of Iraq by next summer. Well, this happened to be the 30,000 troops that he ordered up a couple of months ago. And, uh, Alan, I don't see these troops coming home. They've got their forward uh, bases of operations over there. Uh, we have incursions from Israel into Syria. Uh, testing out defenses. We have American forces, special forces, and CIA in Iran right now trying to destabilize and cause trouble in that government. And how uh, timeline-wise, 
Uh, do you have any perceptions here as to when they're going to roll into Iran? Well, it's going to be shortly. I mean, I know the Pentagon admitted it officially about two weeks ago that their next target would be Iran uh, under the guise that that's where most of the terrorists are hiding out. And uh, we also know that the policy for New American Century, which the present clique all belong to, published in the 90s their agenda, beginning with Afghanistan and then Iraq, then Iran and Syria. That was their schedule in the 90s, and they're following it right to the letter. So it's, uh, it's an ongoing thing. However, the British intelligence agencies uh, said at the very beginning, if the U.S. went in, they'd be there for a minimum of 40 years to change the culture completely. 40 years is what they said. And what exactly did the British government do before in the Middle East? That's right. Well, Britain had already been in the Middle East long before that because they dropped, they drafted up, uh, Allenby and other ones that drafted up and put the lines in the sand and, and said, you're now called Iraq and you're now called Iran and, and Kuwait and so on. So uh, uh, they were bogged down there for many, many years, and they know darn well that uh, the U.S. is going to be bogged down for at least 40. If they want to change the culture completely, eradicate the old, bring in the Western values, uh, and uh, educate a whole generation, it'll be 40 years before they could withdraw. Well, and of course, this is exactly what the Middle Easterners don't want. They don't want Mickey D's on one street corner and a triple X movie theater on the other. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, they, they don't want the Western culture or the values because, quite frankly, um, I'm sitting in the middle of it and it stinks from here. Yes, yeah. They don't want drugs. They don't want uh, abortion clinics everywhere, strip joints and uh, gambling and so on. But, uh, that's that's what's bringing everybody else down. But what was portrayed is these poor women over there that have to cover themselves up. They have no rights. They can't vote. Uh, the children, geez, they, they're they're not being educated properly. No, we we've just gone into Iraq, and I think we've blown the snot out of every school that's ever been built over there. Yeah. Uh, most of the country still does not have basic medical care. Does not have water or electricity. But don't worry, folks. Uh, they're going to be real glad that we brought them democracy. And behind it, too, is, is the futuristic plan for a, a new economic society where, as always, all wars are based on economics to serve a certain minority. And that's what it's about as well, is to keep their own offspring for this dominant minority in the resources they will need for the next thousand years or so. All right. We're out of time, Alan. I appreciate you coming up. This is a real fast hour. And, folks, uh, I will remind you that this gentleman is on this network Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Central Time. Go to the website, republicbroadcasting.org. If you're tied up, work a shift or whatever, the archives are up there, and they are free. You can go in and listen at your leisure. Please listen to what this man is telling you. He's got one of the best angles and explanations as to what's going on with the global governance schemes and uh, our, our dear, dear friends that are trying to build a new world order. Thank you, Alan. It's a pleasure. All right. Folks, tomorrow, maxed out. I'll have the movie director with me tomorrow. Stay tuned.